Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to The Gutsy Gutsy Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories, and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thrilled to introduce you to our new friend, Lauren Bartelson. She is an author, a communication manager, and a mental health advocate, and she just came out with a new book called Behind the Facade, a mental health memoir that is truly a beautiful story and a very gutsy story, hence why she's on the podcast. So welcome, Lauren, to The Gutsy Truth. Thank you. I'm so excited to not only be here, but also just meet you both and have a good conversation. So Lauren, let's go ahead and dive in. We'd love to hear your story. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's a very loaded question, but I'll do what I can in a short amount of time. So like you said, I'm kind of a lot of things. I have a lot of different pieces of me that I'm like involved with and passionate about. And I've always been that way. I've always had a million hobbies. I've always been involved in a lot of sports, a lot of just a lot of stuff. And that kind of started like all of this started really coming to the forefront when I got on social media So I've always been a very early adopter of social media. It started with MySpace and then Facebook. And I started sharing my weight loss journey back in maybe 2013, I think. And that's when I started like sharing myself with the world. And at the time I was using it as a creative outlet. I was in a job that was like I was good at it. I It was a new career for me right out of high school, but it was not at all what I expected. So I was looking for a creative outlet, went on social media, started sharing my weight loss journey, and then started evolving more of that. And over the years, I've kind of had a love-hate relationship with myself and my body and social media that all kind of came out in this process of learning to share myself. So that kind of is like the basis of who I am today. And I guess like who I am, I'm, I chose to share my story in a book. I chose to open up about my mental health and my chronic pain. I have autoimmune diseases and things that I never felt comfortable sharing about online, I'm finally talking about now. So now you can call me an author. Um, I wrote all of this down in a book and yeah, I'm balancing that working full time and just trying to open up and start the conversation a little bit. Lauren, I just, I'm so grateful for you because I think mental health needs to get talked about. And your like reading your book, it was so raw and vulnerable. And I just I'm so thankful that you had the guts, hence the gutsy truth, right? To share this, right? Because um you talk about so many different things. Um and the you know, I think 
I don't know, like we're probably similar age groups of like, we kind of grew up with social media, like as it was evolving and becoming more of a bigger and bigger thing. And, you know, the mentality of posting things and be like, okay, did I get a like? Did I get, okay, I'm now at five likes. Like, and I think, you know, that is such a hard thing as a, for a young person or really any age to like, how do you not put your worth into that? Right. And here you are like just wanting to document like, and open up about, you know, your weight loss journey. And, you know, and I'm sure you've inspired so many people by doing that, (laughs) but then the balance of the negativity and the things that can exist online because of the world and the the negative parts of social media. So I just want to commend you first for, for taking the time to put all this in writing. Um, I think people need to hear this and it, it's going to be people like you, you that, um, are gutsy and are willing to be vulnerable that can really help and heal other people as well. Um, and so I want to make sure you hear that today. Um, and yeah, I'm just very, very grateful for everything that you've done with this. Thank you. That's so kind of you. And the response, like it is, it was very scary putting my story out there. Not, it's so easy to put out, put on a facade or curate your feed to make it exactly what you want it to look like, to have the perfect photo and come up with the perfect caption and use all the perfect hashtags. And then you're like, what is that? Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize like your whole feed, everyone is doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this mind blowing thought that kind of changed my whole perspective. And so, yeah, it was really, really scary putting myself out there. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I think the book kind of came up organically. I was in the writing program and it's actually talked about in my book. But I was in a writing program for a business book and I was burnt out on work. And what I was writing about was like super closely related. So I was like, okay, I have to switch gears, but I've already invested so much money in this writing program. I don't want to quit because it's non-refundable. And I looked at what I was writing and it was all about myself and kind of this awakening that I was having almost And I was like, okay, I'll write the book just to like, I'll write a manuscript just to get my money's worth. And then when I thought about like, oh, how cool would it be to actually have a book in my hands? I kept doing it and I was like, okay, I'm already like, I've already written the manuscript now I should create a book. And it was like this whole thing. But I would say the gutsiest part of it was actually promoting the book. Hmm. Because I did a crowdfunding campaign Mm -hmm. to pay for it. I didn't want to invest the, I didn't have the money to invest myself really. It's, it's a very expensive process. So I crowdfunded in the way of like taking pre-orders. And that's when I was like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? Mm -hmm. And it was so uncomfortable, but it was really breaking this facade that we were talking about not only in the name of the book and the story that I was telling, but also like marketing yourself is so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so it, the whole process has been very overwhelming and very scary, 
but it is resonating with a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm really grateful to hear you say that. I think, yeah, of course. And I think there, what we've discovered since launching the gutsy truth is that there's so much power in telling your story. Um, and whether that's writing it down or just talking to a friend or putting it on a podcast, whatever it is, like, I think that's, that's part of healing is like speaking it out loud. Um, and I, I feel like I've learned that through my own journey. Um, and I think just pr- that's why we love the gutsy truth and what we're able to do is just providing more opportunities to do that. And for everyone to feel that they're not alone in whatever that they're navigating through life, whether it's mental health or, you know, just physical health issues, whatever that could be that there's other people out there that are in similar situations. Yeah. I actually, for a while I toyed with the idea of a podcast and I like there are some episodes out there, but the, I'm not doing it anymore, but the whole idea was basically like you have, writing it down. So many people say like journal and it'll help you. But, and like I've done the journaling and I've done the writing, but I really don't feel like that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea, like the idea of the podcast, which I may come back to was like, you kind of almost read your journal entries out loud. And then once you say it out loud, it's like, okay, I can really let go of it now. Yeah. So I really admire what you two are doing and bringing these conversations to the forefront because maybe they can benefit someone who doesn't know they needed to hear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of the, the whole start of our journey. Even before we started podcasting, we were just telling people our own stories, you know, like family and friends. And then before you know it, you know, like our sister-in-laws or our mothers or somebody would be like, Oh my gosh, I told so-and-so about your journey and they have all these questions. They want to get in touch with you. And so we're like, okay, this is information people want to (laughs) hear. And so just kind yeah. of like you said, even like your book, it just kind of organically grew from there. And we're like, well, let's just have these conversations and just record them. And then so we can reach more people at once. Um, it's so wild, though, like with the book, for example, seeing like I just got an order today. It's my first like people are buying it on Amazon and mm-hmm. bookstores and whatever. But I also offer them on my website. And I got an order today for a signed copy. I've never heard of this person before. Uh And I was just like, oh, my God, it's like it's out there. Yeah. (laughs) But like, how cool is it that our stories, like maybe they can inspire someone to just not feel as alone. And that's like, at the end of the day, that's what I wanted to do with my book. It's actually like the end goal for me was to read my own audiobook. Mm-hmm. So in order to get to an audiobook, obviously you have to write a book. Um, <laughs> but I wanted people to like I looked at my own journey and I was like, when I'm feeling low and when I've been in times of, you know, anxiety or depression and I feel like that no one gets it. Mm-hmm. I listen to memoirs read by the author, like celebrity memoirs or people who I've never heard of. And for that, like six or eight or 10 hours, however long you're with them, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm having a really deep conversation with a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like my end goal is to really help people like sharing my story is a way to build that community, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. where even if it's a one-sided community, at least it's instilling that sense of community and that like reminder that 
no, you're really not alone no matter what you're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not to give too much away, because obviously we want people to buy your book and read it, but kind of <laughs> give us the the general synopsis and outline of your book and your, and your mental health journey. Yeah, sure. So it started with talking about putting yourself out there on social media. Like I told you, that's like kind of the start of my journey. Mm-hmm. But the more that I grew, the more hate that I got. And so that tied with bullying. I was very, very heavily bullied in middle school. It's like every single day, multiple times a day, the same kid said horrible things like, you know, you're fat whale or the rhino has arrived or like yeah. stupid things now. But mm-hmm. at the time, you don't know any better. Yeah. So between those two, I like the goal of the book was to talk about how like bullying has affected me mm-hmm. and like kind of how I've gotten over that. And so I was explaining this like whole premise to someone in my writer's group. And she was like, okay, well, weight is obviously an issue for you. And like, I, fine, whatever. Like that doesn't offend me because it's true. It's like, core to my journey. And she was like, I'm just curious, like as a reader, I would want to know, like, why did you gain weight in the first place? Like, why do you have to deal with those things? I was like, I don't know. I've never thought about that before. So that's what the book ended up turning into is like, it does touch on the bullying, both online and in person. But more than that, it's really like soaking up my own Like, why am I the way that I am? Why do I have to deal with this? Why did I gain weight? So it's like sort of spoiler. I think I talk about it in the first like (laughs) section though, Mm -hmm. but like it has a lot to do with how I grew up. Like my relationship with my dad is a big focus of that. Sharing my journey online, dieting, all of these things really come in. So the book pulls that all together. Mm -hmm. and um, kind of just says, like, you would never know just by looking on my social media feed, you would never know that I'm going through these things. So, like, also just a gentle reminder, like, your friend or a celebrity could be sharing these things online and you would never know. Mm -hmm. So that's the underlying premise, what I want people to take away from it. Thus, behind the facade is there's a real person behind this who is going through something mm-hmm. everyone is going through something and here's mine just as an example yeah so that's kind of the premise of the book yeah and I think you beautifully captured that um I when I started your book a few weeks ago I could not put it down I was so enamored with it and then it was just so I don't, lack of a better term here it was relatable in the sense of even if someone didn't go on an exact journey of exactly what you went through. So like you said, someone has been on a journey of some kind that has made a major impact on their life. And I, that's why I think I was just so enamored with it. Like I felt like, like I was feeling your emotions as I was reading it and it was just encapsulating to me. Cause I was like, okay, I can pinpoint a time in my life where I felt that way. Like mm-hmm. I had those similar emotions now, you know, maybe a different scenario, but like those emotions yeah. became so present and then it's like, well, why was it, why was it like that? You know, and then you really, it all, it just allows you to take that moment. 
And instead of always seeing the negative part of it, maybe say, okay, I honor those emotions that I felt and I've moved through it. But now, now, like you said, why, why have I been this way? Why have I gone in this, on this journey and what's the deeper meaning? And so to me, it was just another way to open my eyes. Um, I kind of went through my own mental health journey a few years ago and just kind of was in a, a, a high anxiety situation I never thought I would be in. And it just kind of brought attention to everything about my life, where I needed to slow down and where I needed to not spend energy and where I needed to, yeah, look behind the facade because I was like, well, if that person can have this picture perfect life, then I can do it too, you know, and not knowing they might yeah. be falling apart on the other side. So I just, yeah, it was just so perfectly written in the sense of like you were the reader easily takes that journey with you in a, in the, in a positive way, you know, because they can feel those emotions and get Thank to that, you. that thought process on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of mental health, like, I mean that in the second half of the book, that's where I really kind of step it up and get into my, an experience that happened just last year, I think. I had to look at the date because I don't know what day this is. Yeah, you're good. But, um, like living in the moment. Yeah. Like for real. But um, yeah, just last year I wrote the book very much in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I went on a, I went on a medication that ended up causing extreme insomnia and like I was already in a very negative place because of the online hate and that just like seven weeks of getting maybe two or three, maybe four, if I was lucky hours of sleep on average was like, I was just in such a negative place. Like sleep is so important Mm -hmm. right? and not getting sleep, much less barely getting any sleep is so difficult. And I didn't really like, I look around and of course there are people who can't sleep for various reasons. Like, especially if people have a young child, like that's just one example. I didn't really have that. Mm -hmm. And it was not to discount other people at all. Like I'm just talking about my own journey here, but I could not function. Right. Like my body could not like I just broke. I, it got to a point where I just couldn't anymore. And from there it was like, we were in the middle of the pandemic. So I couldn't get help. I called my doctor, but your primary care physician can only do so much. And then it was like, okay, so it's on me to figure this out, but I'm also not in a good place. Right. So I kind of wanted to allude to that as well and really talk about, like, I'm, I w- will be the first to admit I'm still on this journey. I'm still on a healing journey. That's mm-hmm. not going to just end because the book published. Right. But I also want, wanted to, like, one, releasing it was healing for my own self, but I wanted to give people permission to be like, okay, it's cool. Like, if I'm not okay, it's fine. Right. Like it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And like you're not the only one who might be experiencing insomnia or depression or suicidal thoughts or anxiety. Like like you said we might be going through it in two on two totally different paths, mm-hmm. but maybe they're parallel. Yeah. And even knowing that you're like, okay, there's someone over there. I'm not alone. Exactly. 
Exactly. And, and going through challenges or journeys of life, knowing you're not alone makes it, you know, I think almost significantly better because you kind of get to a point in whatever your journey is, you do feel isolated and you're like, no one gets it. No one understands. And then you meet someone who does and you're just like, you see the light, you get my brain, (laughs) you know, and like, you're just gravitated towards them. Like, like you said, because you're just walking that parallel path. And so there's such a strong connection with just like we've, we've talked about like sharing these stories, the just talking about stories and, and everyone's journeys openly, I feel like just connects the world and realizes that we're humans. We have flaws, we have issues, we have challenges, but if we can help each other get through them, then it's not so isolating and it's not so doom and gloom all the time because you can have a a tribe of people. Mm -hmm. And especially coming out of a pandemic where we all, we're all literally forced to isolate. Right. And like, I don't know about you, but I was examining every part of my life from my work relationships to my friendships to like my marriage, everything was like, okay, well now I have time to think about it and I can't, it's harder to distract myself. Like, of course it's still scrolling and whatever was possible, but I think it was just at least that experience for me and going through this mental health journey. I'm like, oh my God, I don't really have a true community. Like it's all, uh, kind of this, like, it's not fake, but it's surface level, Mm -hmm. I would call it. So like, I was like, you know what? I'm in a season of my life where I just want really deep conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to talk about the weather all day. Mm -hmm. I don't, Mm want to like vent and bitch about how crappy our jobs are. Like I want to focus on the positive things in life. Yes. And so this going through this process, I talk, or I allude to some of my friendships in the book, but some of those people in the book aren't there anymore because I took a step back and I was like, I want, like if I, get rid of those surface level friendships, maybe that'll make room for deeper friendships Mm -hmm. or deeper relationships. Not to say it's been easy because with the deeper friendships come that like, okay, you have to be more, and I say friendships, but like even with family members or anyone in your life, you have to be more vulnerable and you have to be willing to like, have really hard conversations but to me those are so much more valuable than like I said talking about the weather like right I don't know so it's kind of a give and take but this whole idea of community it's almost extended into another level for me Mm -hmm. in this whole process where it's like it's not just okay, keep in touch with your college friends because it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's, or your high school or fill in the blank friends, whatever. But it's, okay, do I really want to be around those people? Do they lift me up? Do, is it a two-way relationship? Oh yeah. yeah. So it's been like that idea of community. It's, it's very much a theme in my life right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad you, that kind of came up and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so important to me, but it's also now I'm like, that's part of my healing journey now is like, I'm going through it. And Mm -hmm. it's again, something people don't see online or even in the book. And I'm like, 
okay, you don't see me crying, but I am. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes like we, we always assume that being vulnerable and opening up and having these deep conversations is a, is like too much of a burden for the other person. Right. And I think that's one of the things that like gets in the way of truly like having deep, meaningful conversations. But I think you got to push through that. And usually it's, it's worth it to put in the energy and time to invest yourself and that relationship, um, to talk like and have those deep conversations than it is just to look back in your life and be like, okay, I literally just talked about the weather to for like the last 15 years with the same group of people. And I can't remember anything that was actually meaningful or memorable out of any of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, speaking of gutsy, like that, like if you were to ask me like, what's something hard you've done recently, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just really looking at your life and being like, does this person, does this thing, does this project, does this job add value? Mm -hmm. And maybe the answer is no. And that's a really hard place to be. Like if you look at one of your best friends and you say, Ooh, they tend to drain me after the conversation and I need to set up a boundary and distance myself a little bit. That's really hard to come to terms with. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't even know how we got here, but. No, you're good. (laughs) Yeah. And and not just to come to terms with, but then to like, what's the plan of action? Do you just set up boundaries and have a, you know, so you have a more of a limited relationship? Um, Do you, you know, if it's like you wake up one day and you're like, just the general way I've been living my life is not working anymore. Like, so let's just turn it upside down and do something different. You know, do you get a new job or leave the city you've been living in or do whatever? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think a, the recognition is the hard part. And then B, once you recognize it, accept, then it's like, what's that next step? Um, And sometimes that takes time too. Um, I think that's like for Caitlin and I, our journeys, like we through our health journeys, we realize, okay, there's, there's gotta be a better way to living life and doing things that are better for us physically and mentally. But then it was, there was such a learning curve of, so that journey is still happening today. And here we are nearly two years later, and, you know, we're still figuring things out that work best for us. Um, yeah. yeah so sometimes it's you have to- always gonna, it's gonna change no matter what season you're in. I talked to sure. someone recently who, who was like, okay, so I read like in your book, you went through like, all this social media hate and now you're healed. Like, let's talk about it. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I don't think like, especially with mental health, you can just say, Oh, I'm healed. That's in the past. Right. Like that's, I think it's a journey for a reason because I mean, you might have, you might be on an uphill part of it, but maybe it'll continue uphill. Maybe it'll go downhill. Maybe you'll get a flat for a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it ebbs and flows. Yeah, it ebbs yeah. and flows. And I don't think you can just, because I published a book, my that part of my journey is done. Right. Like, close the book. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. not how it's going to work. No, no. Hi, friends. I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full-service website and marketing solutions. They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. 
When we first started The Gutsy Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, but quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be gutsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. So I guess talk to us a little bit about some of the barriers that you had to get over along your journey um, and kind of how you navigated through all that. My mental health yeah. journey or the book publishing part of it? Well, you can touch on both if you like, <laughs> <laughs> whichever you prefer. Um, I think the biggest one, I guess kind of both, is asking myself, like, am I ready to share my journey with other people? So back when I was in the height of my social media presence, if you will, um, I really firmly believed that my life was exactly how, like, my life was my online life. Mm. Like, I was so connected and then when I shut it down, literally in the blink of an eye, I like the heat was so bad. One day I was like, screw this. I'm done. I deleted my blog. I deleted my Instagram. I deleted my Twitter. Like in the span of like, what, 10 minutes, I deleted these things that I had spent years building, like a community that I had spent hundreds of hours invested in. And so I think at that point I was like, Oh God, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so going on asking myself those questions was hard, but then, okay, going to the therapy and going, doing the journaling and writing it down for the book, like it was all very challenging, but mm-hmm. it was healing in a way. So I would say the biggest barrier out of all of that was like, oh my God, am I ready to share it with other people? Because yeah. it's easy to keep it in and there's nothing wrong with keeping it in either. Right. Like if you're a journaler, you can be a writer and never share your work with someone else and you're still a writer. Mm-hmm. But for me, part of the healing came from sharing it, but it felt almost inauthentic in a way because I was sharing it to raise money to publish the book Mm -hmm. so that was a big mental challenge for me is like I've already like I'm a full-time marketing professional yeah and I can spend my life marketing someone else or someone else's product but if I try marketing myself I'm like oh god this is cringy but so at the end of the day, that campaign, it was kind of like a Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. where like I had different tiers, like people could either pre-order the ebook or the 
like paperback, but then they could order two books, one for them and one for someone else or five books. And that was the hardest thing I've ever done is putting myself out there in that way. But at the same time, I think it needed to happen in order to publish the book, obviously for the funds, but also to build my confidence. Like I had over 200 pre-orders. That was 200 people who were interested in my story. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would just be me by myself. Yeah. So that was kind of like, I guess, two in one answer to your question. Yeah. And then the other barrier was, I don't know any other writers in my real life. So (laughs) it was very like writing in any form is very isolating, but then doing it during a pandemic in real time while I'm going, like I'm going to these appointments and I'm going to the, this therapist and I'm going like, I'm living it as I'm writing about it. But then not having anyone to really talk to about the publishing process Mm -hmm. was really difficult for me. Like I was able to form some connections with people through the writing program and through my publishing team. And I got to work with various editors, but like, unless you're not going through it, it's really hard to understand the deadlines that you're on and the things that you're expected to do and the people you're working with. Like, that was huge for me coming back to that idea of community. I didn't really feel like I had an author community that I could really like a personal author community that I could tap into. So I had to form one by reaching out to people and putting myself out there. And it was awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that there's something to be said about like when you're going through transitional periods or change, or you're trying something new, like, having a community of people. Cause like, sure you can read a book or you can Google things and all that, but like you can't replace just having a circle of people to turn to for advice, encouragement, whatever it is. Um, I think that's just such a good reminder of like the importance of having that. And then like yourself, like you kind of almost made that happen for yourself by just reaching out and asking questions. Cause you didn't have a built-in community for that specific thing but with different authors. Yeah. And if you, so I self-published a book that's discussed in my first book or in the mental health memoir, but when I self-published that first book, like it was, no one knew about it. No, like everything I learned was from Google. Like Google was my best friend. (laughs) And like for real, I didn't know something. I went and asked Google and I figured it out myself. And that was like very lonely, but I needed a project to get me through. So this time I wanted to do it differently where I was like, okay, if I'm going to get the community that I need to have a quote unquote successful book, whatever success looks like, Mm -hmm. I can't do it alone. So how am I going to find that? Okay, well, I'm going to join this program and then I'm going to meet people from the program and I'm going to post about it on social media. And I think I was almost a little traumatized from putting myself out there in the first place with my weight loss journey, because like I said, I received like the level of hate varied from people commenting, like, I hate your eyebrows and you're so ugly 
to people telling me to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge and to kill myself if I have time today. Oh my and it's just like, because I was, I believed my life extent, it was an extension of my life at the time, mm-hmm. my online presence. I was like, oh my God, I like, they mean it. I have to go do what they say to please all the people. Mm. But so I think I was a little traumatized from that experience. And so I think that's why it was such a challenge and such like a barrier that I had to push through in putting myself out there again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And also I should say like, that wasn't just coming from like followers online. Like it was an executive at the, uh, like that I used to work with, they didn't tell me directly, but they had someone else tell me like Lauren posts too much about mental health on social media and it makes the company look bad. What? So Uh, then I was, I know I have my own thoughts, like setting boundaries would actually make a company look good and (laughs) like that they care about their people, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But so then I was scared, like, okay, well, I don't want to post on LinkedIn because what if other people think that way? And I don't want to post on Facebook because, well, I don't have a Facebook, but then that would mean I would have to go connect with people from high school and, like, who I want to be disassociated from right now. Right. So that, like, figuring out, like, okay, what are my boundaries for myself? Mm-hmm was really hard, but then it was against this, okay, well, I need to raise enough money to meet the Kickstarter goal mm-hmm. to fund the book. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge, like, that dichotomy it was very challenging for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, number one, just bullies in general irritate me in a lot of ways, <laughs> but I just don't understand. But, like, two, like, it's just that – um like Caitlin and I have talked about with a little bit of our journeys, like we were kind of scared to share. But one thing we've kind of learned is there are people out there looking for that information, like about say, your journey, Lauren, or one of ours or anything else. And I guess maybe the little bit of positive poly naive, maybe in me a little bit is just hoping and, and wishing that those are the people that will get drawn in first and create the positive community And so, yeah, so it's hard because you're really wanting to do this from like the good of your heart of helping people like know that they're not alone. And then so many people take it the wrong way. Or like you said, you know, there was the whole um, coworker situation and they were like, she's sharing too much about mental health. I'm like, well, maybe we should share more. Right. (laughs) We wouldn't all be in this situation. But yeah, yeah, so it's always such a hard balance. Yeah. And I think too, it's, I had to change my perspective on it because I had like with my first book, for example, I got a one star review and I was like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> when in, and then like after that, I had to kind of like be like, no, it's OK. So with this book, I am really working on like. One star doesn't mean that they hate it it means that it just didn't resonate with them. Like maybe it's not. And I can say that because I know what I produced is 
high quality. I worked with countless editors. Like I can't tell you how many editors I went through, probably four or five, mm-hmm. like just on the copy. And then the layout editor was different. And the we I had a cover designer. Like that's the benefit of going through a publisher is like I know what I put out there is good quality. Mm-hmm. So I I can feel confident in saying that the one star isn't because it was a horrible quality book. I'm like, okay, they gave it one star because they really can't resonate with it right now. And that means it's art because like no painting, you can't look at a painting and say, oh my God, that's the best painting. It will resonate with every single person on this planet. Right. Because it just won't. Like (laughs) it just won't. I think the hardest challenge though is when I do get those one or two star reviews or people saying like, I didn't like it. It was awful. The challenge with it being a memoir is that I'm like, oh, they're not just talking about the book. They're talking about my whole life and who I am as a person. So that's been another challenging piece of it is how do you kind of take this feedback, filter through it, well, let it sit, filter through it, and then be like, okay, it's not, it's just not for them. Let's focus on the people that it does resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important a like skill to be able to practice again and again is to be able to have that perspective and um get away from that mentality of just like I just want the likes and the five star reviews and I'm you know you gotta oh bad yeah yeah and it and I think it's 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 easy to do that for sure um but I think like what you said, I love the analogy with like the work of art, like not every piece of art is going to resonate with everyone. And obviously your book really resonated with Abigail and I, and I know a ton of other people as well. So I think it's, it's definitely hard to um, lose sight of that as well. So for someone who might be struggling with their own mental health journey, like what, what encouragement, what advice, like what would you say to them right now um, to help them? It sounds cheesy, but I would just say, I would start by saying, one, like, just good for you for acknowledging it, because that's the heart, that was so hard for me, is to do that, and I would say, two, this is the cheesy part, you're not alone, Mm -hmm. like, out of the how many billion people in this world, there's many that are probably going through it, too, but maybe they're scared to talk about it. Maybe they're scared to bring it up. Maybe you're in two different circles and you would never run into each other. But just knowing that you're not alone adds, for me, it was like, okay, that's kind of a relief. I'm like, someone else is going through it too. And then I would say, Figure out, and this will be different for everyone, but figure out what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. So what makes you feel 1% better? Like you don't need to be 100%, but if you're at 2%, what will get you to that 3%? For me, a lot of times that was writing mm-hmm. or getting out of the house or dinner with my husband or taking a nap or laying on the couch and staring at the ceiling, Mm -hmm. like giving yourself permission to do whatever will get you to that 1% more in that moment. Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't need to be conquering the world. It doesn't need to be delivering on a huge deliverable. It doesn't even mean need to be like starting a book, doing a blog, doing a podcast, whatever. If you do those things, maybe it's giving yourself permission to skip a week or to skip a post or whatever. So that would be my advice is like really tapping into yourself and like coming from someone who is so not in tune with herself. That was like a huge hump of like, okay, just sitting there feeling my feelings and what do I need was a huge accomplishment, but then actually doing it. And a lot of times it was like, maybe you just need to sit and chill for a second. Mm -hmm. So like set a timer for three minutes or five minutes. Like it doesn't need to be a full day. Yeah. So that's what I would encourage others and it, like I said, it could be anything, but it's really a personalized approach. And if you can't figure that out, I couldn't figure it out. It's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's from a friend. For me, I went to a therapist and having that third party who knew no one else in my world that I know of, but... <laughs> They can't break confidentiality, but like they're, they don't like, if I would go to my husband, for example, he is my best friend. He knows everything about me and there will be some bias. Well, like for him, I like, he knows swimming for me, like really calms my mind. So he'll be like, oh, maybe you should just go for a swim. And I'm like, I don't need even have the energy to walk down the stairs to get to the car. How am I supposed to drive and go for a swim? Mm -hmm. So having a therapist to talk through and be like really open about those things was really helpful for me. So I also want to say there's like, there's no shame. in if you don't feel like, you know, who you are, or you can't, you don't feel like you can pull yourself out of that abyss by yourself. I would tell someone like maybe I personally or your best friend or your parents might not have that mental energy or capacity to listen but there are people who will Mm -hmm. so it might be hard at first to like one ask for help and then like for a professional to go find them but it can really help if you do yeah so those would be my two pieces of advice, I guess. Yeah. I feel like Abigail and I hear you're just like nodding her head to everything <laughs> you're saying. You're like, yes to this. Yes to this. Like love everything that you just said. It was oh. such a good reminder. Um, Cause I feel like as a society, we've made strides towards um, talking more about mental health. Like I think things are better, but you know, for a while, like I, I didn't really un- like know what that meant. Cause I hadn't gone through something like that before. So, you know, if if for those of you listening, um, like if you're not struggling with something on a mental health issue, like still read this That's book. That's cool too. That's cool too. But <laughs> yeah. you can show up as a better friend once you read this book and understand. Yeah. Because like Abigail said, like you feel like every single part of your story that you shared, like you felt the emotion and I was upset at the your the bullies and I was angry <laughs> at the comments and then I my heart just melted at different parts. Um and so like let's let's all be better friends and like Lauren's book is a great resource of like understanding mental health. Like if you're not going through it yourself, like you can learn from it and be a better person. Cause 
again, like we go through life just assuming everyone's, you know, living life to the fullest and they're happy and they don't have anything going on. Um, and that's just not the case. Um, and so I think, again, yeah, I think, oh, I just loved everything you just said. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of funny that you say that. I, I don't know why this is popping into my head right now, but when I first, the first thing I ever wrote for this book was, and I had no idea at the time that this would be a book, but my mom recommended that I wrote a letter to the middle school bully. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, when I wrote that and then I read it out loud for the podcast that I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I felt this huge weight lift off of my shoulders. And my mom asked like, well, who, are, who do you want to affect, like, who do you want to hear this and be affected by it? And ironically, the first person who came to my mind was parents of middle schoolers Mm. or parents of young kids, because maybe my story will help them realize how they can help support their kids and say like, Hey, bullying is not okay. Like, don't be like this kid because you never know how it could affect someone else. Mm -hmm. So I guess like in the back of my mind, I didn't realize like I was writing for other people as well. Like a hundred percent, like no one has gone through the journey that I went through. I'm, I'm one unique individual. Maybe your story is similar, but a lot of people, maybe they don't experience depression or anxiety or insomnia. And it's like, Oh, I can't relate, Mm -hmm. but maybe someone that you love is experiencing those things. And maybe you want to help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so honored that you said that because I think that is like, there were a lot of people who I wish could have supported me in a different way. And I'm still working on that, like asking for the kind of support that I really need, Mm -hmm. but I do hope this book can help people. And I've heard too, like, in one of the Amazon comments that came through, it was like, this really helped me. Like I'm a parent of two young kids and it helped me like see what they might go through or how I can help them prevent something like this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that it's a true honor that it can, like I'm sharing it just like for my own health benefits, but to have people, various types of people with various experiences resonate with it. I'm still kind of in awe. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to call that the impact of being gutsy, everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like That's what happens, right? When you're yeah. gutsy, this, the in- positive impact can be truly incredible. <laughs> it is gutsy though. Mm-hmm. Sharing your story, whether it's a book, a podcast, a blog with, with a friend, with your mm-hmm. parents, with your daughter, with whoever, it's gutsy yeah, and it's scary, but it really can be worth it. Even if it, you're the only one who feels the benefits, but you never know whose life you could be changing by sharing your story. Yeah, exactly. So Lauren, as we wrap up, there's a couple questions that we love to ask all of our guests and I feel like we've covered this already. So feel free to (laughs) say the same thing or something different, but we would just love to know something gutsy that you have done recently and how it's made you feel. Oh, 
It's a good question. I feel <laughs> like take your pick of everything that I just talked about. Yeah, yeah. But I think recently, so speaking of social media, this is it, it, this is so like minute in comparison to like there's a lot of gutsier things that we've talked about, mm-hmm. but this one is small but so impactful. I went into all of my social media platforms and turned off all of the notifications this week. Hey, so I awesome. already don't have them on my phone. I only access social media on my laptop. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not as tempted, mm-hmm. but I noticed like I was going back on and I was falling into that old, maybe continued habit of like, okay, I want to see how many likes did this get. And like, I feel like you're nodding, so maybe this <laughs> resonates. But, yeah. like, when you go on, like, a LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter, like, pick your platform. But when you go on and you see, oh, you have 10 notifications, you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of test what life was like without those notifications and be like, you're worth it. Even if your posts don't get comments or likes or shares mm-hmm. or messages or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, each platform is so different. LinkedIn, like zero notifications. And that's kind of been my platform of choice recently. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one for me. But yeah, I'm still getting over that like kind of like thought of, oh, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. but I really am. Oh, like, absolutely. So that was a really gutsy thing I did this week. Yeah. I love that <laughs> because to us, like being gutsy doesn't have to be some like giant thing, like writing and publishing a book. Like, yes, a hundred percent that's gutsy, but gutsy can also just be the little things of setting that boundary of like, Nope, I'm turning notifications off and I'm not going to look at them. Cause like I have gotten in the habit, especially like in the excitement of starting the podcast of like, okay, how many downloads did we get today? Like, I'm just yeah. excited. But then it's like, okay, every time I look at my phone, I'm like looking on the website to see where we're at. I'm like, this is not healthy. I don't need to be doing this. Like it's a waste of my yeah. time. And it's not, doesn't mean that people aren't enjoying it or whatever. Um, so yeah, Getsy can be little things and big things and everything in between. Yeah, I agree. And I do that too. Like, but then part of me is like, okay, well, it's nice to see the numbers because the higher the number, the more people you're impacting. Mm -hmm. But also you can check the numbers tomorrow and go back and look at yesterday's numbers and they'll still be there. So that's a lesson I'm working on. And I will say I'm not perfect. Like I posted a LinkedIn post and like, I still wanted to see how it resonated, but now I have to click through, like I have to go to my profile and then I have to go to my feed and then I have to find the post. And it's like, I have to ask myself first, like, okay, is it worth going through all of that, those steps? Sometimes I've said yes, and I'll go through it. But then other times I'm like, no, that's not what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of just a good reminder of like, check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you need that validation? Maybe you do. And that's fine. But other times maybe it's like, no, I'm good. I don't need that right in this moment. Yeah, exactly. It's a really good reminder. So um, our kind of last question that we love to ask is what has been something that has been filling your bucket recently? 
So I have an answer, but context first. I have a motto that I kind of live by. It's settle in, not down. Mm. So I think I've always associated this word settle with like, it's bad. Like you're like settling for Mm -hmm. something less than what you wanted Mm -hmm. or what you were striving for. And this idea of settling in is really important to me because it's like, okay, it gives you permission to slow down. It gives you permission to enjoy the ride and really settle into whatever you're doing. But just because you're settling doesn't mean it's a negative thing. Mm. So I've been, I've had that motto in the back of my head since we moved to Oregon. So probably seven years now. Mm -hmm. And I kind of forgot about it. So just in the last few weeks, I've really given myself permission to just settle into things. So for example, I'm in a new role and instead of jumping right in and going gung ho with everything or marketing my book, I'm like, just give it time. It's okay. Like it'll all be there tomorrow. We're not saving lives and anything I'm doing. I'm not in an ER like emergency situation. Mm -hmm. So my post does not need to go out today. My that deliverable, if I say it needs to go out tomorrow, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's bringing me a lot of joy and just giving myself space to settle in and not down. Mm, I really like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. Words are powerful. And that like little distinction (laughs) is like, oh, Okay, let me think about that for a minute. Yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah, for many years, um, I used it, like, as instead of a New Year's resolution, I did, like, a theme of the year. Mm -hmm. And that was one, like, a few years ago where I was like, okay, I want to kind of keep that at the forefront of everything. And then I did it for a year. Like, that was my theme of the year. So I kept coming back to it, like, instead of a New Year's resolution where you're like, I need to in the past I've said I need to lose X amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't happen, you get really disappointed with something like this. I could look back and be like, Oh, cool. I did settle into a few things and that's awesome. And for other things, it's fine. So I continued that. I felt like I still had to go. So it was like three years in a row of this like theme of my year, but it's been a few years. So now it's like the last few weeks, I would say it's, really come back to the forefront and it's just giving myself permis- permission to enjoy what's happening, be really present and just give myself permission to slow down. Mm. So yeah. that's been bringing me a lot of joy recently. That's awesome. And I love it. People need to hear that (laughs) and be reminded of that as well. So that's wonderful. (laughs) Well, Lauren, I'm just so grateful for the time today with you talking to you. Um, Like I said, before we started, like, I feel like we're friends now that I read this book. I just feel so connected to you. And I just am very appreciative of you being gutsy, putting your story down and hopefully helping so many people um, who are able to read your book. So can you please share with our guests where they can find you, where they can connect with you, where they can buy the book, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, I actually wanted to give you and your readers a gift. So I um, created a coupon code on my website, laurenbartelson.com, where 
you and your readers can use the code the gutsy truth all one word to get 20% off the book all of them if you buy through my website are signed by me I add a free gift, a personal note. Um, so I really would love to share that with you and your readers. Yay, thank and you. And yeah, of course. So that's at laurenbartelson.com. And if you go there, you can find links to my social media. Um, I would say my most active ones are Instagram, Lauren Bartelson underscore, and then LinkedIn. You can find me at Lauren Bartelson. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll link all that in the show notes and put that um discount code for your book as well. Um, cause I'm sure there's be lots of people who are going to go to your website right now to, um, to order it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for this beautiful conversation and for doing what you do. I think it's giving, especially women, a platform to share their truth is it's very needed in to this society and today's world. So Thank you for being change makers and for leaders in that space. Mm, thank oh, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us, and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com, and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.